Hey listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast brought to you by Lifeway Kids. We are excited to be here today talking more about camp ministry. We uh, A few weeks ago, we talked with our, our friend Jeremy Eccles about preparing for camp, and now we are back, as promised, to talk about how to follow up after camp. We know that camp ministry is a really special thing in the life of a lot of kids and even a lot of adults. It may be part of your testimony. And so those decisions made at camp shouldn't just stay at camp. We need to make sure that we are intentional to follow up on decisions that are made, on conversations that are started, and on opportunities that are uh, revealed while we are away when we get home. And so we have Jeremy Eccles back today. Hey, J.E. Hey, I'm glad to be back. We're Thanks glad to have you, man. How's, how was your summer? Summer is hot <laughs> and busy, but you know what? It's it's the best time of year. I say this all the time. The best week of the summer is the week at camp. And uh, and for me, I get to go to camp a bunch of different times and see a bunch of different kids and church leaders and staffers. That's part of my role here at Lifeway and Lifeway Kids. So I get to have the best week of the summer and all summer long. That's going to be one of the coolest jobs ever, too. It, it is a ton of fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to talk a bit about follow-up. What? How can we follow up as leaders and and uh, and um, move from maybe a decision into discipleship. Uh, and you've got some specifics on how we can do that or things that you recommend for leaders. And so we want to get to that, but first. But first. But first, we want to continue to get to know our, our guests. And so last time we were with you, we, we tried out this crazy new thing called Speed Round. Was I the first Speed uh, you Round? You were. I just completely made that up on the spot with Speed <laughs> Round. Uh, and and uh, so we, we, I'm not going to do speed round again. Okay. But I'm also not going to go to childhood. I want to know about some current interests and likes of yours as an adult and as a dad, right? So I know that your uh, your daughter Maddie's playing softball, or you just finished playing softball. We Yeah, we played the T-ball league. We did – Five seasons of T-ball. We finally have aged out of T-ball. So, okay. so back in the in the spring, just early part of the summer, we we actually won the T-ball championship for our, our little league. That was really exciting. The girls were excited. The parents, I think, were more excited. And uh, but it's 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 just a ton of fun. So now your wife Emily is a bit of a ringer, right? Because she's a pro. She, I mean, she, softball is her. That's her thing. She's a softball player. It's it's a love of hers. It's a hobby of her. But she also is a, is a coach. She teaches, you know, hitting and, and pitching lessons and things like that. So we definitely have a lot of softball in our in our family. And, uh, and we 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 love doing it. And so it's something that we do as a family around Maddie and, and her team, you know, getting to play and getting to do, um, you know, watch those little girls learn the very basics. Um, we we had a girl this this past season that always put her glove on the wrong hand. Um, and so working with the very beginners, and then we've got some girls that are that are really hitting the ball, and and if you, if it's dry enough and they hit it hard enough, it might roll to the fence. So that's that, that's exciting <laughs> through at the that, legs of four or five kids, right? Exactly. At that age, that's you know that's part of the progression of learning and enjoying the sport. But that's well, something we do as a family. We love it. And now my boys are just a little bit older than Maddie, a little farther down the line, and but we're still playing summer ball just for fun. And we're enjoying that, you know, is a summertime thing, playing playing baseball. Is baseball something that you played as a kid? I played a little bit, but I wasn't very good. I enjoyed it um, at the at the early league, hitting off the pitching machine and things. But when the kids started throwing it and there were curveballs, I, I, I couldn't hit that. I didn't love it that much to want to go to that next level. So baseball was a fun early childhood thing for me, but... You and then you moved on. Really, basketball is your sport, is that right? Played a lot of basketball, and now I watch whatever the sport is on. So you know, I just enjoy uh, enjoy sports, and and yeah, that's that's 
a lot of family memories and family uh, hang times for us have always been around whatever the game that was on. Picking a team, even if we didn't have a rooting interest, we would pick a team and argue for them about why they should win the game. So that's just what we do. And now one of your uh, first involvements with Lifeway camps was with Crosspoint, which that's was a sports-related camp. That's right. Crosspoint was a predecessor to uh, to CentraKid, the camp that, that is our Lifeway Kids camp um, running right now this summer. But <clears throat> Crosspoint was sport-focused but geared for churches to bring their, their kids from their church group. And so I went to that camp as a, as a kiddo, loved it. Um, I also went to our Lifeway student camps. I went to Centrifuge and had a great time there, but I always knew when I had a chance to, to be old enough to serve at camp, I wanted to, to serve and coach and, um, you know, and work with sports, and I, I love working with kids. And so students, they can be sometimes too cool for school, but kids, it's just a different type of ministry. I'm so yeah, glad true. that God called me and, and led me to kids' ministry, um, but I'm also really thankful there's folks that are called to student ministry as well. Uh, it's sometimes a different calling. Yeah, and there's certainly a connection, right? As kids grow and, and change, we need to do camp a little bit differently. And so to have camps that are specialized for kids in how the content is written and presented and the activities that we do and the pace that we keep is really uh, is really important that we create camps specifically designed for kids. That's right. That's right. They learn. Um, we may be even diving into a similar passage, but just how you approach it with kids, how you approach it with students can, can be different. So... So we, we know that uh, camp is, is uh, a time when a lot of kids um, have, a, have a, maybe a first-time uh, encounter with the Lord or, or in a new way. They're challenged in their faith. Uh, the gospel is presented really clearly, and they're given opportunity to respond, uh, not in a pressury way, but they're, they're exposed to the gospel. And as kids, uh, many of them do make decisions at camp. Uh, and we track ministry results. You know, we, one of the things that motivates us is we want to see kids come to the Lord. We want to see them grow in their faith and uh, invest in leaders who are helping kids do that. And so those are all things that we look at camp, you know, not just at how many campers are there, but how effective is our camp in helping kids grow spiritually. We're tracking that right now. As we go through the summer, we're counting up and seeing hundreds of kids who are responding to the gospel mm-hmm. for the very first time. We track um, not because it's about a number, but it's about being able to celebrate and know how God is moving in the lives of kids individually and through churches. When a church Man, we love to celebrate with them when they have multiple decisions in a week. Sometimes those are first-time decisions to begin a relationship with Christ. And also we, we, we count and collect other milestone decisions that kids make um, because sometimes at camp there may be a child who's already a believer who, who realizes another you know, decision or, or direction that God's calling them to move or, or grow in, in their walk and their faith journey. Yeah, and so therefore we, we as leaders need to be really aware of decisions that our kids are making, of where they are in their walk, uh, of how maybe that week at camp impacted them personally so that we can follow up effectively. And so you've got today some tips for us on follow-up. So where do we begin? What are some practical follow-up ideas coming off of camp? Well, I think the, the spiritual decisions are huge. You definitely want to follow up with all of those, but I think you need to follow up with every kid that comes to camp. I think that's important. I was the the minister's kid. I was at everything and went to every, but it meant a lot to me when leaders would follow up with me. Even though I was a regular attender, they knew I'd be back every Sunday and everything because 
you know, I was always there. But it still means a lot to follow up with each person. So there's some simple things you can do to follow up with camp. Um, jot those parents an email or a text to say thanks. You know, thanks for letting your child go to camp. So I think connecting with the parent um, it could be a good tip there. That's a great tip. Now, do you, what, what's your advice on including parents in decisions that kids have made? Oh, it's critical. Um, you know, we don't want uh, a lot of times kids ministry leaders feel that they are outsourced with the spiritual growth of the kids. You know, parents drop them off and now it's your job to raise them spiritually. Kids ministry leaders are saying, no, 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 that happens in the home. The church is a part of that, but that needs to happen in the home. So you have to connect with the parent about those spiritual decisions, any type of conversations that you had that may have been just some really good questions that a child was asking. Relay that to the parent. Involve the parent in that conversation. If it's a parent who is actively discipling their kids, they will take to that like a fish in water. Mm-hmm. If it's a parent that does not have a faith background, that could be the inroad that you need. That could be the inroad that the Lord is providing for your church to reach out to that family and to draw that whole family in mm-hmm. um, through the kid who went to camp. How um, great. Yeah. So I think the parents, very important. Um, you know, Sometimes we think it's all about the kids, but, uh, but I think the parent and that family aspect is, is a great follow-up uh, approach there. Now for the kids, I think something simple and practical, like putting a postcard in the mail that's addressed to the camper. Um, snail mail, I know some folks are like, nobody wants to get mail anymore. But dude, if you're a kids kid love mail. and you get something with your name on it, yeah. that's a lot of fun. So you can remind them about the, the key verse or fun memories or put some photos on that postcard, however you want to go about that. I think that's a simple thing that could really mean a lot to a child. And you, uh, we had talked last time about, you know, that kid who brings a friend who may not be a regular attender, uh, you know, because it's one thing to follow up with kids that we see. We're going to see them again on Sunday because uh, we see them every Sunday, like when you were a kid. But what about those kids who are who come as guests of, uh, of one of your regulars, but who don't come to church every week? The camp follow-up could be a great inroad into that home. I remember back in the day, we would go just do visitation. Anybody who visited the church, we went and knocked on their door, and that was that was a thing. That's not so much a thing anymore. I don't know that a lot of communities are receptive to that or churches that are doing that. But So just the cold call visiting, you know, that, that day may be passed. But to text mom or dad and say, hey, your kid came to camp. I'd love to tell you some of what they learned and talk about that experience. That could be an opportunity to go and, and have a, a home visit or set up a, a visit of some way, a, a connection to uh, to really build relationship with that guest, with that family, and uh, engage mom or dad in that way. And now another way, another thing that you suggest that is another way to engage with those par- with those uh, visiting families or guests of uh you know, of regulars who are not regular attendees themselves is to have a, a service or a, a debrief time at church where, where you can bring parents in, bring the church body in and let the kids tell about their experience. I think that's a great way. Sometimes you will devote, I've seen churches devote a whole service to a share service. It's sort of kid led or student led. Um, so sometimes churches will do that. Um, not everybody wants to go that angle or, or give over the whole service. And that may not, may not fit, um, you know, with your church. But to have some sort of opportunity within big church, um, you know, in that setting where you can show pictures, show videos, maybe the kids sing one of the songs that they learned or, or allow kids to, to even share or maybe even voice what they've learned and, and how they've grown. Mm. Um, do set them up to share about more than just the silly songs or the, or the fun games or the silly stories. Um, help them it, it, with a little bit of prompting. They will be able to tell 
um, and recall, and, and they'll surprise you with the things that they recall and can tell about what they learned spiritually at the, in the week of camp as well. And I think we always worry that kids won't talk, you know, given the opportunity. I, I mean, a Sunday evening can be a great time to do something like this, or as you said, a, a component of the main big church service. We, we get concerned that, you know, you put a microphone in front of a kid, they won't talk, but kids love the mic. And it, <laughs> You could be concerned, even saying that, thinking putting the mic in a kid's hand could be concerning because yeah, you don't know what they're going to say. Who knows? Maybe they will talk too much. Um, but it could be even that it's a video testimonial. Or yeah, something I was, simple like I was, that's that, exactly to where I was going to go. an element of kids and their faces and their voices telling their story in their words. That can be really powerful. A lot of churches have done fundraising or had sponsorships. So I think it's really important for all of the congregation to know what happened at camp certainly those who have invested their time, their energy, and even their money into helping facilitate that, um, that can be really meaningful. Yeah, and it can be, it's an opportunity for testimonies, but it also serves as a bit of a report to say, hey, church, here's what happens at camp and why we need to be behind it. And I think your tip there, I don't want to, I want to make sure no one misses that. Sometimes the best way to get kids to talk is to sit with them one-on-one with your cell phone video or video camera ask them a series of questions, and then you can move from the fun to the more deep and spiritual answers. And then you can edit that and let and play clips of the kids, and they'd love to see themselves on screen, and they're often more comfortable talking just with a leader they already know and a camera than they are in front of a large congregation. That's right. Good that tip. can make them comfortable and, and help you edit it for even down for time. You know. <clears throat> so uh, you also recommend putting up some pictures. You know, printing out pictures is such an old-school thing, right? <clears throat> but to give pictures to the kids, um, they can hang them on their school lockers if they've got those, or they can put them on their memory boards at home. Um, I think because pictures is not the thing that it used to be, it kind of gives it a little bit of novelty. So to, to pick a, a group picture or a picture of something that that child was doing at camp and really loving it, that could be a great memory to help prompt them to, to continue in their spiritual walk. Any of these type of simple reminders it's just it's tools in our toolbox, but it's helpful ways to remind them um, about what happened at camp. Mm. You know, Center Kid, we send home um, each camper with a, a free devotion book that has four weeks of devotions to help jumpstart that spiritual discipline of uh, of having time alone with God in their lives. So that's another way to ask them questions about that, and um, you know you want to <clears throat> to be able to encourage that discipline at, at camp. It's a planned time; it's on the schedule. When they get home, when they're going back to school, it's not a planned time specifically on their schedule in their day. So anything we can do to help equip them, help resource them, and set them up to be able to, to continue with time alone with God, that is a key. Um, it's a discipleship component, and, um, and it's, it's, it's where we see kids grow spiritually. So what kind of timeline do you recommend for follow-up? Is this something we do the day we get back? Is this a week later? You know, how, how, what kind of timeline would you put follow-up on? I think the day you get home from camp, just make sure you get all the kids back with the parents. Yeah, and then go and home and get some rest. The right stuff, right? <laughs> you got the shirts that you brought and the socks that you brought. Get the right kids to the right homes, and then you go rest. <clears throat> but in the next couple of days afterwards, I think that's a good time to say thanks to the parents. Um, you know, and they have placed their trust in you with their kids. So to say thanks in that way. And then knowing when you go to camp, if you go to camp early in the summer or later in the summer, there's a different amount of time between going back to school. But I think to utilize the summer and space out some of those follow-up tips um, and follow-up activities that you have. Space them out between camp and back to school, and, um, and, and that way they just hear from you regularly. And, um, and that way 
um, it doesn't completely fall off their radar, but um, but it helps sort of lead them in these spiritual practices, remind them of stuff. Mm. What other expectations might you identify that we might have coming off of camp? You know, after camp, expect everybody to, to tell the fun stories, but you can prompt kids to also share about the things they've learned. They will amaze you. After camp, I think you can expect people to ask, hey, was it fun? But you can turn those conversations to, to more than fun. Camp, if it's just fun, it's not enough. That's right. Um, there's a lot of fun things you can go do in the summer. And and there's a lot of fun camps that are not Christian camps, right? Not with a spiritual focus. But when you're investing your kids' ministry, time, effort, dollars, um, all of that investment, um, you want to to really make sure that you're you're also driving home um, the, the spiritual aspects. So mm-hmm. you can expect some kids to want to come home and grow in their faith journey. I think that is a, a realistic expectation. But also know and expect there's going to be other kids that struggle with that, and that is okay. It's natural. Mm-hmm. So just engage them, encourage them, and um, you have this amazing experience that you can build on as you disciple the kids in your ministry. Final, well, final thoughts? You know, uh, you as a church leader, you're a hero. <clears throat> Just for doing what you do at church, that is heroic. But if yes. you're willing to get on a bus, take kids on a road trip, <laughs> eat camp food, stay in a cabin or a dorm for a week, you are a superhero. <laughs> you're not just any regular hero. You're a superhero. So, you know, I think camp, one of the best tools in your ministry um, because it's so unique. It's a unique experience, and I really hope every kids' ministry leader, every volunteer has a chance to go to camp this summer. It can make a huge difference. Um, if you've already been, you know this difference that I'm talking about. So follow up with those kids, and uh, and you will see, you'll just see those kids flourish in, in their discipleship path, in their faith journey, um, because you're investing in them through camp, but also post-camp, following up after camp. Great words. Listeners, you already know camp is a powerful uh, opportunity to influence the life of a kid, to influence them spiritually, for you to go deep with them relationally. And it's something that really needs to be a part of our ministry calendar for the year. And so if if you are a camp church, man, thank you for being at camp, whichever camp you're at. And please make sure to follow up with your kids with intentionality. Uh, We know that decisions are made at camp, but the living out of those decisions happens every day, week in, week out, all, every week, every year, and you are walking with your kids. And so, as Jay, you said, you're not just a hero, you're a superhero. So thank you for serving uh, the Lord. Thank you for serving through camp. And we, uh, we continue to be prayerful for you. If you're one of our camp churches, we pray over these churches and campers uh, in advance of camp and afterwards that, that God would use what happens there in a real way. At Lifeway Kids, we care about you guys even beyond the week of camp. There's a store in a lot of your communities, a chance to go and look at other resources, other discipleship tools. There's a place in your community where you can get your hands on additional discipleship resources to help um, because Lifeway Kids, you know, provide CentraKid, but we provide so many other resources that that we really do want to help you in discipling your kids through their through their journey. And that place is your local Lifeway Christian store. At the Lifeway yeah. store there, you can see it all. See it all there. Great. Well, Jeremy, thank you again for being here. And listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate you, and we, uh, we continue to pray for you as you serve the kids that you serve in your community. Uh, thank you for listening to Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. We'll see you back here again soon with our next episode.